Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kauli. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kauli, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Christopher Winkler. Uh, he is uh, president uh, uh, with Silverwood Capital. Uh, he is a veteran investor and comes with decades of experience of uh, raising capital. He's been a loan originator in Arizona, California, uh, uh, Nevada. He also ho holds an inactive license with Texas uh, Real Estate uh, Board. Uh, he has done uh, capital raising for several decades into uh, pre-IPO companies and also pink sheet stocks. Um, the uh, COVID-19 issue issues around pandemic has caused him to shift uh, some of the uh, businesses as well. Uh, but the knowing his experience uh, of raising capital, uh, which we thought was pretty phenomenal to delve into. Uh, you don't typically get uh, such a veteran guest uh, who has raised capital for decades for all the different uh, uh, you know, uh, sectors of the business. So I greatly appreciate you coming on, uh, Chris. I, uh, without um, you know, much further ado, you wanna give our uh, listeners a bit more background about how you came into the industry, Chris? Sure. Well, you know, I, when I first started uh, raising money for the early stage companies, I actually, I was, you know, I was in San Diego at the time and I saw an ad where they needed uh, to raise some capital for a company that was advertising on television that these, uh, these like $20 items on infomercials. Mm -hmm. I was intrigued by that. I always wanted to, I had done sales before and I thought it might be uh, interesting uh, change pace. Mm -hmm. So I started working with that. And, you know, really the big key to raising capital is uh, relationships. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know you, you know, you're not, you're not going to get any investments from them. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it takes years to build trust and seconds to lose it. So, you really have to just be able to consistently keep in touch with them, maybe tell them of other accomplishments and just, you know, when the timing is right, then you can, um, you know, get them to, to invest in whatever you're, you know, whatever you're trying to work with. Sure, sure, sure. So how was your early experiences like? I mean, you raised significant capital for pre-IPO companies and also the pink sheet stocks. Uh, how did that shift came about? You know, as we were speaking before, uh, Chris, you mentioned that there were, you know, several of businesses along with your colleagues and everybody that you raised, um, uh, you know, significant amount of capital. Uh, can you maybe describe our uh, viewers about uh, how that uh, sort of uh, change came about into pink, uh, pink sheet stocks and pre-IPO companies? Sure. So, you know, with this initially, it was with uh, 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 
capital for to buy ad time on commercials. Sure. And then that shifted to some other opportunities where I was able to, uh, I met a broker dealer in um, Los Angeles mm -hmm. on Wilshire and I came aboard on them after I got my, uh, I got the 62 securities license, which sure. will allow you to sell red deal uh, offerings, mm -hmm. and 63, which is the blue sky. So I was able to then raise capital for securities, pretty much pink sheet stocks and, um, do it legally because you know if you're not sure. doing it licensed you're going to get in uh deep doo-doo with the sec sure mm -hmm. so, got it mm -hmm. yeah, so i've actually held those licenses there i, I let them expire because i just i i didn't need them after a few years but sure sure you know, i was formally licensed got it got it uh, also uh chris uh share with the viewers your experiences about uh how you sort of mediated debt uh, and also you have a, a bit of collection experience as well uh, mm -hmm. and you obviously uh, are a loan originator uh, in several states now can you describe how though that shift came about and you know how you kind of help investors uh, uh you know using those uh, uh, avenues as well Sure. So after a few years of these, um, doing the early stage uh, companies and the pre-IPO, et cetera, uh, I moved on to some other opportunities and um, I was able to, uh, actually I got involved with, uh, I was always averse to real estate. Sure. Uh, a few years, uh, about seven years ago, I went to a marketing conference and was able to um, actually learn about non-performing notes and and and, and notes and my mortgage notes in general. Sure. Um, I uh, I was able to uh, get, become educated on what they are, how to buy them, how to work them out. Sure. And so you're buying de defaulted debt and then turning around and trying to make it performing again. Sure. Mm -hmm. And their mortgages off. So, um, it, after, uh, and then dealing directly with the homeowners and, and really trying to work out a win-win for them. Sure. 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 So, um, I had used a, a number of joint venture investors to buy the loans. We also bought our own loans mm -hmm. and, um, just, you know, did that for about seven years. Then a couple of years ago, the note industry started getting very frothy. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Quote Ben Bernanke. So mm -hmm. um, prices have went up, availability went down, too many people chasing too few notes and overpaying for them. Sure, sure, sure. Um, that led me to look at other opportunities and one was instead of you know just working with the the, the debt itself mm -hmm. finding uh people that needed funds for their projects say business owner that wants to expand he uh, he could put a lien on his property and borrow money against it or mm -hmm. working with uh, uh real estate investors who might have fix and flips and they want to cash out refi or whatever mm -hmm. so i was doing that for about a year until about February, March, and all the non-QM lenders, I got three licenses, you know, in three different states, mm -hmm. and then all the non-QM lenders start and stop lending, like, you know, sure. immediately, mm -hmm. as right. soon as the virus came up. Right. So that caused me to rethink everything I've done in the past and what's going to work. I was actually going to start buying 
commercial businesses. Sure. But at, at this time, it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to have a retail store that's you know either going to get rioted and looted and burned, or the guy can't pay the bill because he's forced to close the business. Sure. Mm-hmm. So um, about that time, February, I started helping someone out who had a number of mobile home parks. Mm-hmm. And he needed to refinance them, and he was having trouble finding a lender. So I actually found a family office that agreed to, to, to refinance them. Mm-hmm. And so we're now at the final stages of that refi. Mm-hmm. And he was able to buy these six parks with no money down. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a lender who would cover 65, 70%. Mm-hmm. And the seller would take back a note for the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was brilliant. And at the same time with, you know, single family homes being very challenging, if they quit paying, you have nothing except your mortgage payment. Sure. And so just, I thought it really made sense to look further at the mobile home opportunity. Sure. And that's kind of where I'm at now is I'm looking for, uh, I went through, got, got some education from some very experienced people. I know what to buy, what not to buy, uh, the hazards along the way, the potholes, the obstacles. And I feel confident now that, you know, look, looking at uh, reviewing deals to, for myself, which would lead to then a new fund to actually raise $10 million to cover the equity on a number of parks mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, share with the investors. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, also, Chris, uh, you know, you're obviously, uh, you know, a seasoned uh, investor who has raised significant amount of capital. Uh, can you maybe describe uh, what is your typical like a uh, advertising and marketing strategy? Like you know what things to say or advertise, and you know kind of uh, all of that building the investor relationship uh, from you know sort of point zero all the way through. Right. Well, uh, back when I was doing pink sheet stocks, we would buy lists. The, the broker dealer would buy lists of investors, and we sure. would just all, you know make three hundred calls a day type of thing. I see. Uh-huh. You found people that were interested. Uh, pretty much everyone's going to hang up on you. So sure. you build your 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 database or your list or whatever you want to call it by mm-hmm. doing a lot of cold calling. Uh, I found that uh, websites like Bigger Pockets have helped me tremendously mm-hmm. to find joint venture investors or people that like to invest in projects that will, you know. Uh, so there's a number of online sources. I really had, have had zero luck from Facebook and LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but I found that Bigger Pockets is a, a real estate specific website that everyone should be on if they're in real estate mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just doing that. Plus, over the last seven years, I have a nice list of people who I've opted into my. So I, I had an opt-in email. I send them emails regularly with different opportunities, updates, mm-hmm. case studies. I mean, it's really important to show what you've done. Sure, sure. Not just have everything being a home run because no one's going to believe that. Right, right. You're going to lose some money. There's going to be losing deals. Sure, sure. But for the most part, they were few and far between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's nice to know. Nice to know. Uh, so uh, when you are like, let's say, established relationships with the high net worth individual, um, what does that conversation look like? Uh, are you maybe, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, promoting the stocks or the alternative assets such as, uh, you know, the commercial assets and things like that? What does that conversation look like for, uh, you know, from establishing more of the relationship with uh, high net worth uh, individuals? 
Right. Well, that's a good question. You know, really finding out what they like to be involved with. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a guy that would put $500,000 in something, sure. but if it's not worth it right now, and I, I talked to him yesterday, and uh, he's not interested in mobile home parks. So mm-hmm. it really has to be something that they, one, maybe know a little bit about and are comfortable mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. that would want to give it a, a try. You know, the more uh, experience, case studies that you have definitely help out. You know, with the sure. note, I mm-hmm. bought over 50 and our average net profits were a little in the mid 50%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we split that with the JV investor, mm-hmm. and the average, it took about 400 days on an average. Some we did in a couple months, some we did in a few years. So I see. Really, mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really very. Some we made over 100%, some we lost 5%, 10%. Sure, sure. And you talked about, uh, Chris, that, you know, sort of the importance of, uh, you know, laying everything out, like, you know, what are winners, what were losers and things like that. So, you know, kind of maintaining that uh, transparency, but you're at the same time being very integral uh, about what exactly happened, what were the sort of the ups and the downs uh, and, you know, sort of the success and failures as we call it, right? Uh, Could you maybe describe how you sort of uh, maintain all of that transparency and uh, sort of talk through all the failures, uh, you know, maybe whether some highs and some lows, uh, how you kind of share that with investors? Sure. Well, I just, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but, you know, it takes years, year, uh, years to build uh, trust and seconds to lose it. So sure. if there's one thing that's possible is always be honest, never lie. <laughs> never really try and BS your way through, you know, you can't baffle them with BS because sure. a lot of times they have BS meters and as soon as they feel you're either dishonest or disingenuine, they'll know it. Yeah. They'll, they'll pick it up. Sure. 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 No, that, that's, that's very true. That's very true. And uh, also uh, Chris, uh, how often do you communicate? Are you like communicating on a monthly basis or is it more like, you know, six weeks, couple of months? What what does that communication frequency look like? Sure. It really depends on the deal flow. Because when I was going through notes, I was constantly, we had good sources. We had five or six great sources. Mm-hmm. So we'd mm-hmm. look at a few, we'd win the bids on them. Mm-hmm. There might be four or five opportunities. So I'd either might break that into a single email or a couple emails, mm-hmm. but either it could be a couple times a week or a couple times a month or maybe even once a month. Mm-hmm. For the last, you know, last few months, I've really uh, only been doing every month or so because there hasn't been, you know, I, I don't get, you know, I used to get a lot of people wanting to sell notes and I would mm-hmm. broker them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I don't see a, what I see now is a lot of just junk. Sure. And um, so it really has to be, you know, when I have something worthy of time, I'm not just going to, you know, send something out. I, I want to have some updates or some some new information. Sure. Mm-hmm. Not just saying, you know, here we are again. You know, nothing's changed, but I'm back. Right, so, right, right. That, that, that can definitely... Sure, sure. That can definitely annoy, uh, you know, because yeah. everybody's busy and, you know, time is valuable, you know. Uh, so... 
uh, in your communication, Chris, are you using um, like, you know, let's say we call like the sample deal, uh, you know, a kind of a framework wherein you're saying that, hey, this is how a typical, uh, uh, you know, deal looks like. Here are the, some of the typical returns that you can expect. Uh, it's just that it is a sample. It's not really a real, real deal. But so you're kind of, you know, maybe navigating or, you know, educating the investor through, you know, what it looks like, what the returns would be, uh, you know, like sort of the time horizon, uh, uh, you know, that's involved in these deals and things like that. So are you maybe pre-educating the uh, investors using some of these strategies? Yeah, you know, for a while when I was doing the notes, I would always have a case study where I sure. go through mm -hmm. and talk about what it was, how mm -hmm. we got it, what we did, what we, our costs, our expenses, our profit, net, and then what the, the, what we learned, you know, sure. the takeaways. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in these states, if you need to foreclose, it's going to take you twice as long as an, as a non-judicial state mm -hmm. than, mm -hmm. than a judicial. Sure. Or, you know, knowing, seeing things. Okay, and it just really depended on the deal, but trying, you know, using your accumulated knowledge sure. to pass on. It's really hard to guarantee a return unless it's like a fixed in a fund or something where sure. mm -hmm. we're paying you a 9% preferred mm -hmm. and you'll get equity on the back end or whatever. Sure. But I try not to, you know, my crystal ball isn't good enough to tell them what I think they would make. <laughs> right, I can, right. A, I can give them an approximate. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Uh, now, Chris, as experienced as you are, I mean, you're obviously being in the business for decades. I mean, you have had, um, you know, so many ups and some downs and things like that. You have networked with a lot more fellow, uh, you know, colleagues and things like that. Can you maybe share uh, some of, uh, you know, some like few of your best advice uh, in this business as to, you know, whether it is networking, education, uh, or any life habits uh, that you may have uh, perhaps we can learn from? Well, I think, you know, when you're looking at a deal to either work with or invest in or have an opportunity with, you want to look at all the, the, the pros and cons. You want to, if you see something that just either appears to be too good to be true, mm -hmm. it probably is, or mm -hmm. someone's very willing to get, to get out of something. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something they're not telling you that you have to go and investigate. Mm -hmm. So, you have to be what is it, what's the word buyer beware. So sure, I think do you know do, doing your due diligence on a deal. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when I first started uh, raising money for uh, one of the things I did is uh, uh, I, I, were, ostrich farms were very popular uh -huh. at the time. This was you know, over twenty years ago. Sure, and, mm -hmm. and they were selling partnerships where you buy a part of an ostrich farm. And it, it kind of made sense because uh, you could use all of the bird uh, and a lot. It didn't take as much water to equal a pound of meat. And it was a real popular thing, uh, you know, 20 years ago. You don't talk about it now. Sure. But, so, uh, when I had no clue what I was doing, I goes, well, you got to do your due diligence. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Due mm. diligence. Right. And, uh, at the time, I had no clue what it was. And now it's probably the most important thing you can do is, sure. is check out your deals because you don't want to replace an investor in their quicksand. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, awesome. Uh, and any uh, like sort of life habits, uh, uh, Chris, you use on a daily basis that perhaps gives you an edge uh, or, you know, sets your day up uh, properly? 
Well, I think obviously um, I, 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 pr I pray and I'm thankful for another day to go out and do things because sure. it could end any time. Uh, we, we all have a finite time here on earth. So really, you know, being thankful for what I've got, another day to go out and do it again and just blessed for that. Sure. Um, whoever your deity or ent you know, entity is. Sure. And um, really just focus on helping people. I think when you help them either make money or get, you know, get them the loan they want or help them deploy their capital in a safe, as safe a way as you can, low risk. I think that's another thing. And then at the same time, even, you know, with the mobile home parks, you're providing affordable housing that they can afford. They can afford 500 bucks a month, but they probably can't afford 1200. So if you can provide low cost housing in a nice community where you can raise a family as opposed to a section eight apartment, high crime, you know, no yard, no prospects of anything. Sure. You're, you're helping not only yourself, the investor, but the, the person involved. Sure. Same, sure. same with notes, non-performing. I love getting on the phone and getting them re-performing. Well, you know, if you want to stay, you want to stay in your home. So what can we do? You know, sure. what can you afford each month? Can you put anything down? We, we did a, a one in Florida. It was a non-performing second with over a hundred thousand in interest and penalties on about a fifty thousand of debt. We actually wow. re re yeah, we restructured it so where if she could uh, for fifty thousand at eight percent, three fifty a month, we made it. We we did it for what she could afford over forty years. Wow. We, mm -hmm. we waived fifty. If she can make eight years of payments, we'll waive fifty thousand of the arrears, about an eighth a year. Mm -hmm. 6,200 or something, sure. or 16, whatever. And then the rest would be a balloon at the end. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's affordable for her. She can make the payments. And I just suggested to her, you know, maybe why don't you look at a refinance? If you can, because you have equity in the property. Sure. You can re refinance us out from eight and a half. You can get down to maybe five. Plus, you get rid of that 50 grand. You don't have to wait eight years. Sure. And so doing making it a win-win for them. Sure, sure, sure. Now, uh, uh, you know, Chris, what are some of the challenges you have faced in raising capital? I mean, you know, obviously, uh, we all know that, you know, different times of the year, whether it's the tax season, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas, I mean, you have all these different uh, seasons going on that can perhaps bring in some variability. What has been your experience about some challenges that come in uh, raising the capital? Yeah. Well, one is actually even just getting through to the people. Like mm -hmm. I found that, you know, we started a, a, fund, a note fund a couple of years ago and we bought a lot of leads and really we didn't get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. it just, you know, people are just very, very skeptical, especially when, you know, these companies are selling their info. You know, yeah, we have 10 million accredited investors and, you, can't, you know, everyone's contacting them. So stuff like that's very difficult. Cold calling just out of the blue. Mm -hmm. These are when you can somehow get them to call you. Sure. So using uh, advertising, say pay-per-click or, uh, you know, on a, a post on bigger pockets. I've got people who've read my emails. A guy just called me. He's been looking at my emails for seven years and he's never said a word. He opted in our website. And finally, I, he saw something that he liked. I see. Um, mm -hmm. And he wants to work with us. So mm -hmm. we have um, some opportunities coming up. So awesome. it's really just being 
tenacious and, and not giving up, just never giving up. You, you can't. And it's not for the weak. You know, a lot of people don't, can't even talk to anyone on the phone. They're afraid. And, you know, for those kind of people, you, this might not be, you know, raising capital might not be for you. Sure. Really, you know, I really bro, uh, cut my teeth dialing $300 a day. So <laughs> you're just calling all day. Right, right, right. Find right. someone. Right, right. Awesome, awesome. Well, Chris, th thank you. You've been a great guest. I mean, the amount of experience you bring in uh, and the advice that you have shared is truly, uh, you know, incredible for someone to listen to and learn. Uh, kindly share with our listeners how they can find you and learn more about your company. Sure, great. Well, um, you know, I'm on Bigger Pockets, so if you're a Bigger Pocket, it's, I, I advise if you're interested in real estate in any way, shape, or form, get a free account of Bigger Pockets. You can go in and, and, and see posts and ask questions and things like that. Uh, the website, which we're updating, is silverwoodllc.com, all one word. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I can be emailed at info, I N F O, at silverwoodllc.com i'm on linkedin too and uh or they could you know one way or another they can get a hold of me awesome awesome well you've been a great guest thank you for coming on uh for listeners and viewers of the podcast uh we are also at premiumcashflow.com uh we have you know articles stats and all kinds of expert interviews where experts like uh, chris also come on uh, we have several deals on a monthly basis nowadays, it seems, uh, that are also there. So if you're interested, uh, come join us and we can learn more about what, you know, your motivations are for uh, doing uh, different things with your investments. We can hop on a short phone call and, uh, you know, sort of find out your motivations. So, so it's, been, uh, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Uh, thank you for your time today. And I look forward to, uh, you know, speaking with you on another episode as well. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate the chance to talk with you. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest. <laughs>